men. Well, there's, uh, you know, each week we, we try each week to pray for a different body of Christ. Actually, the last two weeks we haven't because we had a special speaker and then last week I jumped right in and, and I forgot about it. So, I'm sorry. Um, but every week we want to remember this. You know what? We're not the only body of Christ. We are not it all by ourselves. Boomerang is not the greatest. We're a part of the greatest. Amen? We're a part of the greatest body ever on this earth, and that is the body of Christ. But there's other bodies that are also just as much a part of us. Maybe we don't see them every week here, but they're still a part of us, and we want to esteem them every week. And so each week what we try to do is pray and lift up another church another body of Christ. And so I just ask you right now, will you join your faith? Will you agree with me right now? And let's lift up another body. Today we're going to pray for Community Full Gospel Church down in Norwood and Pastor Mike Lisk, okay? So Father, right now we just lift up Community Full Gospel and Pastor Mike. We just pray that your blessing, that your mercy, that your grace may be on them in every way, Lord. In every way possible, may your grace Fall on them. May your, may your love be made manifest in their lives. Lord, we just ask for protection on their leadership, on their, on their minds, Lord. We just thank you that your blessing will be poured out in the spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation and spirit of understanding, Lord. That they would see your will and they would be strengthened with all might to go and get after it in every uh, possible potential that you have given them. Lord, let them not bury their talents, let them not bury their potential, but let them be who you've called them to be and love manifest in their church, in their leadership, and in every person, the members and attenders, Lord, and their partners at that church. We just ask that your, your grace would fall on them, that they would be protected and they would be blessed above measure in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, thank you. I, uh, I want to jump right in today, and uh, I've been kind of holding back what this series is about. Cloudy with the chance of loaves and fishes. Yes, we tried to match it to the movie uh, and uh, try to make it similar to that. And so let's turn, if you would, real quickly to Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 13. So one of the things that this series is going to look at is it's going to look at the church, the body. And here's the reason why. Because the more that I spent time meditating on, Father, what have you called Boomerang to do? And what have you called the church to be? The more I spent meditating on that, the more discrepancies I found between how we do church and how we're supposed to do church. Thank you for that resounding praise. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? Part of the reason that we're not being effective is because we're not doing it the way the gospel said to do it. And this verse here says that we are gone into captivity or gone into exile because we have no knowledge. So our job is, as believers, is to grow in our knowledge of God. You know, when we did the series, remember the theme this whole year over there on the wall, be the light. 
Our job is to be the light everywhere we go, to, to shine brighter and brighter. Our job is to, matter of fact, it was command in Isaiah 60, verse 1, arise, yet, so uh, y'all should arise in being the light and shine. And then verse 3 said this, it said, kings and nations will come to the glory of your radiance. The great verse. But the truth of the matter is, how many kings and nations do you see coming themselves on their own accord to the glory of the radiance of the church? That's a little sad to think about, isn't it? Because the truth is, you don't see it happening all that often. You know why? Part of the reason is we're not arising and shining, but part of it is because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And we're in captivity. How many people feel like you've been in bondage and you don't know why ever before in your life? You've had that moment where you're like, I don't know why I feel like this. I don't know why. Why am I in this place? It just doesn't make sense. Somebody help me. And I'm not going to say that the church is every answer to it. It's not. It's a part of the way that Christ set up. But we've been getting some things wrong. And we're going to talk about that in this series. Well, the first thing today, it's a pretty simple one. It's called In Your Hands. And it's a pretty simple message. There's nothing real complicated about it. But it's an incredibly powerful point. And then as we go on, it gets a little bit deeper and a little bit meatier. And we're going to look and we're going to start connecting the way that God designed it and His ways which are holy and how it should be. Okay? And so we're going to look at, hey... What's been going on? What's been wrong? Let's learn. Let's grow in knowledge. Learn how to fix it and get out of this captivity because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Let's know what we're supposed to be doing and let's break forth in the freedom and shine like God's called us to shine. Amen? So in Hosea 4.6, it also says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I don't want us to be Destroyed and captive anymore. In the, in the New Living it says this, My people are destroyed because they don't know me. They don't know me. This is a huge key. We need to get to know God. We need to know His ways. How has He designed stuff? How do we do it right? How have we been missing it so we can fix it? Our job is to judge ourselves so that we're not judged. The truth is, we've been walking in a little bit messed up way because we haven't unbiasedly looked at ourselves and said, why do we do this? Why do we open up with praise? Why do we have announcements and then preach? Are there reasons for it or is that just tradition? We need to look at these things. And so let's get to know him and his ways a little better, shall we? So let's turn to Matthew 16 and verse 8. We're going to look at 8 through 10. And you know, I remember as an adult, you know, one day reading this verse and these set of verses and going, what? So verse 8 says this, Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with the loaves 
and the basket of leftovers you picked up. So I was good with that, but this is the verse that got me. Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up. I can remember as an adult coming to this verse and going, I thought he only fed 5,000 once. What's this 4,000? I don't remember that. There was a second time that he fed, and yes, there's actually two stories where one he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, and the other one he fed 4,000 with seven loaves. There's two different times. And there's some unique principles in that story in both of those that we can learn from and see a key about the church, the beginning that we're looking forward to today. Now, one thing that's interesting is, and I want to draw your attention to this before we leave this verse, is in Matthew 16, verse 8, it says, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing about, with each other about having no bread? Why, why are you fussing? Why are you not in faith? And one of the things that I want you to see right from the beginning was, it was God's will for all the people to be fed. It was God's will for salvation to come to everybody. He's getting on to them because they started thinking that they wouldn't have enough. God's ways is a way of abundance. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. To the full, till it overflows. This is a way of God. And if we start getting to the place where we're not believing that God really loves us and really wants to care and provide for us, Jesus would say, why are you in so little faith? So one of the first things I want us to see, and and I want to come back to this and remember this is, we we should always know that the heart of the Father is to provide for us in every way and provide in abundance. And if you have an area of lack in your life, that is not the will of God. It should simply be a symptom like when you get sick or something, or you know, your, your nose starts running. Right? It should be a symptom that something's not right in my body. I need to drink some more water. I need to do some other stuff. Something's not right. Or maybe it's I should believe God for healing, for sinuses. You know, this is good too. But if we start seeing lack in our, in our lives, that should be a symptom I'm not believing God for salvation somewhere. There's something I'm missing. I shouldn't be seeing lack because the heart of the Father is for me to be in fullness, in abundance, in overflow. You see abundance and excessive fullness in in everything that God did over and 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 over again. It's who he is. It's his heart. And he got on to the disciples saying, if you even started thinking another way, why are you in so little faith? So as the body of Christ, one of the first things we need to do is say, you know what, this is God's will. We're not out there preaching. He said in uh, Galatians 3.8, he said that God preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now let me tell you something. That hasn't changed. It's still through you, all the nation. So instead of going out there and preaching how bad you are, you know, all that stuff, we should be preaching, God wants you blessed. God loves you. He's not mad at you. You know, right now, we, we're living in an age of grace where he's not even, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this, he's not even holding the sins of the world against the world. Not just Christians, the world. It's the age. Of grace. We're living in that. 
So as a church, we need to be believing. When we see somebody that's walking in lack or they got lack in their life, our hearts ought to be moved with compassion because through you the power of God is coming. Now that tells you something else about the church. We can't be out there and be an island. We've got to be the kind of people that says, hey, I need to be around people because I may have something in me that other people need and definitely they have something in them that I need. One of the first things the devil tries to do when he starts getting people off base is he tr starts trying to separate them out of the herd. I've seen it over and over as, as a pastor. To the individual, it looks like this. To the individual, it looks like, all, all, I, just, I got this reason, I, I got a reason, I need to just take some time for me and everything. But to the pastor, that's what happens across the board. I get to see uh, the uh, conspiracy in it from the devil. I get to see where he's, it's a plan. It's not just a one-time event. This is what he does with everybody. Because you get to hear all the stories. And so part of the church and part of us growing up in that is realizing that we are designed to be together. God said his ways are holy. And if we're going to esteem him, if we're going to honor him, then we need to honor his ways. And his way is the fellowship. It's not the answer, but it's part of his ways. The answer is Christ, but it's part of his ways. So let's get into this. In Matthew chapter 14, you'll notice that all of these scriptures come from Matthew to show you the two different stories. The feeding of the 5,000 is actually found in all four of the Gospels. It's one of the miracles that's actually in all four of them. And then you have the feeding of the 4,000 is in a couple of Gospels, but both of them you have here in Matthew, one in chapter 14, one in 15. So let's read Matthew 14, 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've had Christ, you know, I'll be in a situation, you know, I, I can remember one moment in particular. Uh when the Lord pulled something like this on me. And I was sitting there feeling very inadequate, looking for somebody to plug into, looking for something, you know, somebody to draw strength from, and God said, you do it. <laughs> and I was like, ah, wait, I'm not, well, I'm not ready, Lord, no, wait, wait. And he said, hey, I said, be instant in, season and out. Are you going to put on faith or not? Yeah, that's good. Are you going to be who I've called you to be? And it's like God to do this. You know why? Because he knows how to get us out of our comfort zones. Yep. He is real good at getting us out of our comfort zones. And you might, your flesh, not, not you, the real person, you, the spirit, if you're really born again, it's in tune with God. But your flesh may not like that. Your flesh wants to act like a little kid. No, I don't want to go. You know, and cry, cry and scream. But your spirit wants to do those things. And so in the moment where your flesh is going, no, I don't want to, your spirit's going, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's be about God's business. Let's put it on. So here in this moment, they're like, we better send the people away. And Jesus said, you feed them. Yeah. It's like, what? Now, it doesn't say it in this account, but in every, uh, pretty much every other account, it says, what is 200 denarii 
with so many people here. You know, well, 200 denarii, this is one thing that I like to point out. 200 denarii, basically one denarii was one day's wage. So what you're looking at is about eight months of wages. So here's Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association Ministries going around. Here's what they had. They had 200, that's about eight months wages. Well, what's our average wage today is about 24,000. That's about the average wage. All right, so eight months would be about $16,000. Now, the problem was they had 5,000 men plus they didn't count the women and the children, so there's probably at least 15,000 people there is what most scholars agree on. So they didn't have enough. That's like a dollar per person. Well, a dollar per person won't buy you a you know, McHebrew Happy, Happy Meal. It won't, and you're out in the middle of nowhere anyway, and who's going to have all that stuff? So, you know, here's the thing. A dollar per person wasn't enough. It was just enough to, you know, give them a little bit. But here's what I like to point out. Uh, Jesus did have some money. You know, a lot of people think he walked around with nothing. Well, this is one thing you need to understand about the church. The Lord will provide. And the Lord wants you to be in abundance. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says that it's out of the abundance that you'll have to give to every good work. It's out of the abundance, out of the overflow. How can you give if you're not in overflow? It's very important. And the Lord's talking about this, uh, talking about overflow this morning. That's drawing out of me. It's not really in my message, so I, somebody needs that. Yeah. And take that, put faith on that, and stand up. This is who God's designed me to be. Life doesn't have to be the way that it's been dictated to you. It has to be the way that Christ has said it. That's where truth is. That's where life is. And part of His life, part of His truth is in your abundance. Because it's in your abundance that the blessings will flow through you to all the people. It's in your abundance. So here He is, you know, their ministry, it looks like they had about, in today's dollars, about, you know, 16 grand sitting there. Which is a pretty good bit, but not when it comes to feeding 15,000 people. So here he goes, he says, you feed them. He says in verse 17, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered, bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces... He uh, gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, and the 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So we read that, and here's the thing. Um, we're looking at this, and here's, here's what's always happened in my head up until a certain point. Jesus is sitting there. You know, it's like the Jesus of Nazareth movie. He picks up the basket. Oh, Father, we thank you and bless you. And there was only a couple of fish and loaves. And he brings it back down and it's all full. And for television's sake, they didn't show everything that happened. You know, but it's like the miracle took place in his hands. Right? But here's the whole point of this series. And I want you to take a look at this. The miracle didn't take place in his hands. Because had it taken place in his hands alone, here's what would have happened. We put up the one with the words and the picture of Jesus on there. 
he'd have had 15,000 McHebrew Happy Meals falling all over him. He'd have been covered under a pile of this stuff. If he'd have gone, oh, Father, thank you and bless it. Be fruitful and multiply in in, in my name, in amen. He'd have gone like this. And he'd have been under there, arms sticking out, legs sticking out, covered in all these this food. But that's not what happened. It would have made a complete mess. Now there's two things that happen. One in the first story, in the feeding of the 5,000, and one in the story of the feeding of the 4,000. And let's look at this, and I want to show you a couple of things. Number one, if you look back in uh, chapter 14 and verse 19, it says, Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then, the breaking the loaves into pieces, now in this translation it says he gave. In, in a literal translation it says he kept giving. Yeah. He kept giving. So what happened was, he took, now listen to this wording very carefully and very closely. He took what was in his hands. He took what was available to him. And he blessed it. And he broke it. And he kept breaking what was in his hands. Let me say this to you. If you got your notes, you'll see that the power of God is released when you use what's in your hand. A lot of people are waiting. Well, Lord, if you'll give me the $100,000, I'll give you the big offering. If you'll do this, then I'll do that. If you'll give me the big blessing, then I'll do it. The power of God and miracles are released when you use what's in your hands. You notice in the parable of, of the, uh, the talents, the parable of the talents, it was multiplied. Each one had different talents. What was important was what they used, what was in their hands. That they used that. That they took what they had, no matter if it was a lot of talents or little talents, and they used it. So you might not have a ton of stuff to give to God, but you have something. Something's in your hands. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's, maybe it's woodworking. Maybe it's just time. Maybe it's comfort that you've been keeping to yourself. And God's saying, I need to use that. But when you take what you have available to you, and you give it to God, and allow that thing to be broken, the power and the miracles of God can now happen. And they happen when you use what's in your hands. Now, in this particular story, it says that he kept breaking. He kept breaking. So, in other words, he had a bowl. He'd break some and give it, break some and give it, and he just kept on breaking. And this is what each one of the Gospels basically show, is in that moment, he just kept on breaking. He was showing them principles. He was setting a precedent for what they were supposed to be doing. If you'll just use it at, at any point, you see, if it just all of a sudden went, miracle, zap, like that, and exploded, again, he's under the pile of loaves and fishes, right? But no, he just kept using At any point, if you looked and saw that picture, what it looks like is he never had a lot in his hands. He just kept using what was there. And he kept breaking, and he kept breaking, and then he'd give. 
He didn't try to keep it to himself. He kept breaking and he'd give. He had what's in his hands and he gave. He had what's in his hands and he gave. He had what's in his hands and he gave. And did he ever run out? No, they ended up with abundance. Amen. So the first point is, miracles happen and are released. The power of God is released when you use what's in your hands. Part of the reason why us being the light has not drawn kings and nations to us is we've had what's in our hands and we've said, mine. You know, Luke just got to this age. He's doing two things. He's going mine and why. I don't remember the girls doing that quite as strongly as he's doing it. But man, he's all over it. He's like, why? 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 And then the other day, oh, this was so fun. We were were driving, and uh, he had Nicole's phone, right? So he's sitting on the right side of the car, and the girls are here, and we're in the front seat. And uh, and Nicole said, Abigail, get my phone for a second. And he goes, mine, and puts it over here, like as far away from Abigail. I'm like, how does he know that already? Now, for us, like, it was cute, like, the first day, you know, but we're beyond that because it's day two. And uh, so we're, we're at that eight, you know, at that point where it's like, this is not cute anymore. This is a kid that needs to learn some things, right? And so here it is. But guess what? As adults, we're sitting there with what's in our hands, our comfort, our talents, everything, and we're going, mine, and our Father in Heaven's going, that ain't cute. Yeah. That's not cute anymore. That's not even funny. Not even funny. And here's why. Because number one, you never see the power of God. Because you never see the power of God, He never really becomes as real in your life as He's designed to be. Number two, you never experience the power of the multiplication and the abundance of God in your life. You never experience it in your hands and the people around you never get fed. Because we've been going, mine, my time, my hobby, my habit, I don't want to give it up, it's mine. I, my choice, if, God, if Jesus is your Lord, this is, this is why I said, you call me Lord, Lord, but I never knew you. You want to say Lord, but you never let me be Lord, you never let me lead you you never let me make the choice you said mine mine my life i'll go play when i want to play i'll go do this i'll work to get this so that i can go have have this and you said mine 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 and you never saw the power of god not realizing that if we'd seek first his kingdom and his righteousness all that stuff would be given to you See, what it is, it's just a lack of knowing God. Remember it said, my people are destroyed and gone into captivity because we don't know Him. If we really knew Him, we'd know that if I just say, not say mine, but say yours, I'd receive all that stuff anyway. But because we don't know Him as in our hearts, we've been in captivity and we've been destroyed. All right. I feel prayer for your toes coming on. I'm sorry if I stepped on any right there. I'll just look down here at my notes for the rest of the service. Matthew 15. God said, let them go, son. Let them go. 
Let my people go. Okay, yes, Lord, amen. Matthew 15, verse 32. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. Lord, I want some people like that, please. Amen. Thank you. All right. And I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. Do you realize they've been in church for three days and they hadn't eaten anything? And we're like, dude, it is, it is 12.10, 12.11 right now. You better hurry up, Brian. <laughs> At least he's being a little funny today. That's good. Yeah. You know, but the truth of the matter is, if we would learn how to get desperate for God more than we're desperate for food, we'd see multiplication and abundance like this too. Let my people go. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. So, all right, so he said, the disciples said to him, where would we get so many loaves in this desolate place to satisfy such a large crowd? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? What's in your hands? What's in your hands? He said, seven and a few small fish. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish. And giving thanks, he broke them. Now watch this. And started giving them to the disciples. Didn't say he kept on doing it. It doesn't say that he continued. It just says he started it. And it, from all appearances, it looks like he did this. Lord, thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' name. And again, there wasn't like, you know, raining loaves and fishes from heaven. There wasn't a pile of, or on top of Jesus with arms and legs sticking out. Again, he just brought it down, but then he started the process. And it's like, remember, this is how we do it. Break, now here you go. Yeah. And he put the power of the abundance in the hands of the body. He put the ability and the potential to bring life, to bring food into the hands of the body. The power of God happens and is released in the hands of the body of Christ. And the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied and they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full, and those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. So here he says at the beginning, he says, let me show you how to do it. Let me be the example. And he kept on breaking. And the second time around, just a little while later, he says, Lord, again, bless it. And we thank you for it. Be fruitful, loaves and fishes. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the blessing. And then he said, are you remember this? Break? All right, now go. Do it. Let me show you how to do it. Oh, this is good, and I didn't have this in my notes, but the Holy Spirit just gave it to me. And then he finished up his work on earth by saying this, let me show you how to do it. Let me break this body that's bred for you. And now I started the process. Now you be life to the world. You give your body, and let's let it be broken. You give your comfort your time, your abilities, your talent. And now, let's be the light that God's called us to be. It happens two different ways. It happens with what's in your hands, no matter how big or how small. You may be looking at your life right now and saying, man, I just don't have much to give. But you've got something. Yeah. 
No matter who you are, you've got something because he gives seed to the sower. And if you'll get your heart to the place where you're a sower, then he'll give you seed. If you're saying you got nothing, then maybe you need to look at your heart and start becoming the sower. He gives seed. You've got something to give. Just change your heart and say, all right, he broke his body for me. Now let me break mine for him. And let us become the body that God's called us to be. Let us become the light that he's called us to be. Miracles and power happen when you use what's in your hands, in the hands of the body. Our last verse, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. Amen. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says this, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Now the context of this scripture is to walk in the love of Christ and walk in love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. But I think that there's also a deeper revelation as well, another layer of who God is that says, if you say that you love Christ and you abide in Him, then you need to walk in the power He walked in too. You need to walk in the miracles. You need to walk in the revelation. And you should not feel like being short of who Christ is is okay. Because He says that He was the firstborn of many brethren. He says that you would go and do the same things that I do. He said, I'm sending you the same way the Father sent me. So if we abide in Him, then we ought to be doing the same things that He did. In the message it says it like this, anyone who claims to be intimate with God, that means anyone who claims to know God, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, to know God, ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. He ought to allow their life to be given as a sacrifice. A holy, living sacrifice to the loving Father the same way that Jesus did. The question is, what's in your hands and will you give it to God? It's supposed to happen in your hands. You see, here's the picture of the church that I want you to see. Most people come into a church and they're like, oh, Pastor Brian, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? And that's good. That's a good thing. And that's a right thing. There's a humility. And people did that to Jesus. And when they did, they got healed. And when they do it to you, but here's the question, here, or here's the point. I'm not the only one. Every single one of you have the light of Christ. If you're born again and you know Christ, you have the light and the power of God in you. If you're born again, then you have the same resurrection life inside of you, not just that I have in me, but that Jesus had in Him. Now see, when we change our mindset and stop thinking that it's only the hierarchy in ministry, the five-fold ministry, that can do something, we'll actually start doing something. We've got to recognize, it doesn't just come through Pastor Brian, let me pray, let me, let me get you on, come here, let me heal. When you get that attitude in your heart, because the power and the life of God is already in your hands, then you'll start to recognize, man, I can do things I've only dreamt about. 
inside of you, your spirit's going, oh, I just want to do great and powerful things for God. And a lot of the church, granted, a lot of the church has said, you can't do it because you're not a pastor. Nonsense. Junk. That, that does not line up with the Word. He said, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll raise the dead. They'll cleanse leprosy. He said, I'm sending you the same way. And if we claim to know God and be intimate with Him, if we claim to be a Christian, we ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. We ought to walk in the same kind of power. And see, because our expectations have not been up there, we haven't been seeing it. We've been saying, well, you know, I pray. It may, something may happen, it may not, and probably not. And that's where we've lived at. We want to get to the place where we start recognizing, I pray, man, the life of God might jump all over you and you might just spring up in full health 100%. Why? Because I'm a pastor? No, because you're a believer. You're a child of God. And He loves you. And you know what the Word says? He says He didn't love Jesus more than you. That's what the Word says. He says He loves you the same. Now God's not a respecter of persons. So if He would give that power to Jesus, if Jesus would simply turn His self over to the hands of God and say, here I am, use me, let my body be given for you. If you'll do the same thing, you simply walk in the same power. You have it in you right now. Matter of fact, let's just wrap up. Let's everybody just stand. You know, I, if Kenneth doesn't mind me using him for an example, you came last week for the first time as far as I remember, and he walked in, and uh, he's here because... He had a baby that wasn't doing very well, and it didn't look good. Is that right? All right. And then Darius told me about that baby and said, Pastor, would you pray? And the Holy Spirit told me, you pray over Darius, and Darius, you go pray for the baby. Not Pastor Brian, Darius. So when Kenneth came in last week, he said this, he said, that was a powerful prayer. And my baby's doing good. Amen. Is that correct? And he said, and that's why I'm here. Because when we allow ourselves to be the light that we're supposed to be, and we start learning who we are in Christ, it starts shining some kind of bright light that people will say, I don't know what that's all about, but I need more of that. Now that's it in, in actuality. That's a real testimony that just happened. What would happen if all of us would get a hold of that? Yeah. Now right now, here's what I want you to do. Let, look at, let's look at this. Put this scripture up as Romans 8.11, please. As you stand there, I just want you to see something. Let's put it in the uh, New American Standard. There we go. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So let's get this straight. If you know Christ, does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Yes. 
Yes, so if you're a Christian, you have that Spirit. Now that's the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that brought life into the body of Christ Himself. So if He's living in you, what is inside of you? But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also, 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 Give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And right now, I just want you to recognize what lives in you. Who's in you? His name is Comforter. The one who brings strength and peace and truth. And He's the one who brought the power of God to the body of Christ. And right now, He lives inside of you. If you know Christ, He lives inside of you. He's in you. When you, when you put your hands on somebody, you're not just putting your hands. You're putting the hands of Christ. Whether they feel something or not, you're putting the power of God on them. doesn't matter if you feel something or not. Now right now, this is who you have living in you. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about that. Think about who's in you. And then I want you to think about anything in your life that has lack. Anything. I need finances. I need health. I need whatever. And then I want you to think back about who's in you right now. And the question is this. Are you... Taking what's in you, what's in your hands, the Holy Spirit, the life-giving power, and are you allowing it to be released in your own life and in the lives of others? And right now you've got it in your hands. He's filled you up, and I want you to put hands on your own self and just say, in Jesus' name, life and provision be. So right now, you just think about the power that's in you. You! are the light of the world. Jesus said that to the people that were listening. You are the light of the world. You're the light to your own self right now. Only through Christ, not on your own, only through Christ. You are the light of God. You are the conduit from heaven into your life simply by saying, Jesus, let life be in Jesus' name. Now right now, just let your own hands allow God to move in you right now Lord wherever lack is in these lives I just ask that you would allow the power the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead the Holy Spirit to move in the life of each person here they are filled with your life they are filled with your spirit the Holy Spirit if they're born again dwells in them and Lord, whatever needs they have, wherever lack may be, we call it fulfilled right now. We call it restored. We call it healed. We call it filled in every way. Lord, let there be no more chunks taken out of their life, but let it be filled with the glory and the life of God in Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask for restoration in their minds in their emotions. Lord, let emotions be completely healed and restored right now. Let the life of God flow 
They are conduits to this world in their own lives and the lives of people around them. Let your life flow in them. And not just this morning. Let this be a beginning of a perpetual flow of the Holy Spirit's life in them from here on out. And Lord, let them shine like they've never shone before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's just hold on for a second. Normally I'd say, great, have a good day, but the Holy Spirit said, no, not yet. Lord, we just praise you. We worship you. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Lord, we will be a people that will wait on You, that will hear from You, and be obedient to You. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. I just hear the Lord, Holy Spirit, so lightly saying, Be still and know that I am God. So let's just be still for a couple minutes. And let the Holy Spirit minister the way that He wants to minister. Because right now, we don't have to describe or know everything that He's doing. We just have to know that He wants to do what's best and trust Him in it. So Holy Spirit, we just ask, let all of us agree on this. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would have your way right now in our lives. In Jesus' name. I just invite you to join me right now at the altar if you like and or at your seat, wherever you want. But just 
let's take another moment and let's just give these lives to Christ. What's in your hands right now is your life. It's your choices. And the question is from the Holy Spirit, will you take what's in your hands and give it to the Lord? Right now at this instant, the Lord could be giving you just a peace and a strength. He could be giving you insight into answers that you needed. He could be showing you a solution. And what's important is that the Lord's moving in lives right now. And no matter who we are or where we're at, He cares and loves each person. And our job is simply to move and flow with Him and not be entangled and distracted by all the world and how the world's taught you how to live, but to look to His Word, to look to His truth, and to take our notes and to take our teaching and to take our disciplining of ourselves by how He's taught us to live. And let the life of God spring forth in us in such a way that only He can get the glory. That there's no way that you could do it in any other way. It had to be God. And then when people look at that and say, look at how well it's going. Look at what you came through. Look at how victorious you are. And you say, 
To God be the glory. Lord, I just ask that multiple testimonies would, would spawn right now out of today. That multiple testimonies would come out and they would say, To God be the glory. He's the light that's shining in me. He's the light that's on my life. And He's doing things that are far beyond, more than I can even ask or think, bigger than my imagination. They are out of this world. They are supernatural. And they're happening all the time simply because I handed over what was in my hands. Lord, let us see the testimonies of life that becomes a reality of a heavenly life, not a shadow of what we would see as a worldly life. The life as the world defines it is nothing but a shadow compared to the candle of the Lord in our lives. It's nothing but a shadow, a counterfeit of the fullness of life that God has for you. In Jesus' name, life be in the lives of people. Life be. Life spring up. Salvation be. Provision be. Healing be in Jesus' name. Wholeness be. Restoration be. Be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' name. Blessing of God be in every area of life. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Chris preached on that as soon as the seed of the Word is sown, the devil comes and steals the Word. But the ones who will sit at the feet of Jesus, and it's not just the sitting, it's the one who would hear the Word and choose it said, Mary has chosen this good thing and it meant she has kept it. So if you hear life be, if you will by faith reach out and say, that is mine, I choose it, I choose to make it alive in me, I choose to make it my promise, my revelation, my life. If you will choose that, he said, Jesus said, it will not be taken from you. Lord, we choose life and the light of God this morning. We choose to know You in a different way. Life of God be in Jesus' name. Life of God be in Jesus' name. Thank You, Father, for answering questions and bringing about solutions in the lives of people today. And I, and I would say that there's some of you that you don't even know what happened. That sounds kind of funny. You don't even know what happened. You didn't feel anything. You maybe didn't get any revelation in that moment. Some of you did. If you received something, especially at the end of this service today, will you raise your hand? And everybody that got something, there you go. And if you look around, see it's not just, it wasn't just us sitting here. The Holy Spirit was moving. But some of you may not have gotten anything yet. You may not have heard anything yet. And yet your life just changed because of the change that the Holy Spirit made in your spirit. Now see, 
This is real church. When we can stop the tradition for tradition's sake and let the Holy Spirit move. We can take what we have in our hand, the choices, the time, and the comfort, and we can present it to God and let Him bless it and then simply be obedient to do what He's called us to do. That's when life can be in greater and greater ways. And it doesn't just happen in my hands, and it doesn't just happen in Jesus' hands. It happens in yours. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You, Lord, that You have reached down and You have touched us. You've made a difference here today in the lives of people. You've, you have changed things. You've brought about new life in all different areas. Lord, we receive that in Jesus' name. We choose it and we keep it. We will not let go of it. We will not let the seed of Your Word be stolen in us, but we will make it ours and we will have the life of God in fullness and abundance according to the will of Christ. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There'll be more next week. Remember to get your cup on the way out the door. Have a great day. Thank you for being with us.